WWE Setting the Stage is a podcast for WWE fans where I recap events, break down storylines and angles, and make predictions about where those storylines and angles are headed. Whether you're just getting into wrestling or a WWE fanatic like me, this show is for you. I will see you ringside. Howdy, folks. How's everybody doing out there in the internet wrestling community, or a.k.a. the IWC? So, as I've said before... I kind of decided, you know, the last few episodes that I've been doing, I really haven't gone by a script like I usually do, and it's not like I read a script word for word anyway, but I've just kind of, you know, jotted down a few notes that I wanted to mention, but for more, for, for the most part, you know, these episodes lately have just been kind of about freestyling, you know, and, you know, <laughs> obviously not freestyling like, you know, John Cena or something like that, but just where I just, you know, just kind of talk about what's on my mind, how I feel about something, you know, stuff to that nature. So, you know, this, of course, this episode won't be anything different. Obviously, I want to keep it relevant to the current season that we're in with WrestleMania and stuff like that. But, of course, you know, as you have seen the last couple episodes, I have gone off on some tangents about stuff, trying to kind of keep it a little relative to the current WrestleMania season. But, you know, sometimes we venture off, and hopefully, you know, in those tangents, maybe you've found whatever I'm talking about to be, you know, interesting at least, I guess, uh, regardless of whether you're saying, you know, wow, he just went over and left field about that, you know, so, you know, whatever. Um, so this of course, like I said, is not going to be any different. So I'm just going to go ahead and start off the top about what I'm thinking about. So let's talk about obviously WrestleMania. So I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks because I think the last time I did one of these episodes was a couple of weeks ago, and I've been you know watching Raw and SmackDown and stuff, and I've been thinking about what this WrestleMania means in like one word, you know, besides the word that Vince McMahon is using at the current moment, which is stupendous. Which, to be honest with you, I'm kind of a big fan of that word, but I don't know if this WrestleMania can be considered stupendous. You know what I mean? So the word that I came up with, and I'm not sure it's original or not, maybe some maybe some other wrestling creators that have podcasts or YouTube channels or whatever out there are saying this, but to me this WrestleMania kind of feels forced. And I'll go ahead and elaborate on that. So as I'm looking down these matches that I, you know, that I've kept a little bit of a a tally on the matches we've got so far, um about the only one that really doesn't feel forced at this point, although it feels forced in its own... I, let me take that back. It feels forced in its own type of way, but it's not kind of the forced that I'm talking about, if that makes any sense. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, basically, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, I think most people would say the reason that that feels forced is because we have seen it often. Now, I am not. I am not necessarily... Let me let me be careful because I'm getting ready to use a double negative. I am I'm actually not I'm I'm okay with people taking on each other multiple times. Like I'm okay with extended rivalries. I'm okay with you having an extended rivalry between two uh, superstars. And of course, it's happened. You know, like uh, I, I, you know when I see on the internet where I see people you know are complaining about Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar taking on each other for the millionth time. First of all, they really haven't taken on each other as much as you think they have. They, I think, really the last time I read, it was like they've actually been in a match together one on one. 
I believe it's like five times they've only been in a one-on-one match. Um, and I'm not counting like triple threats because I know they had the one where they had Dean Ambrose in the match a few years ago, uh, a.k.a. John Moxley, whatever you want to call him these days. And they had a couple others where they had the fatal four ways and everything like that with Braun Strowman and whoever else was in that match as well. Um, uh, I think it was Samoa Joe maybe was in the match. So one-on-one, you know, Brock and Roman actually really haven't met that often in a one-on-one match. Right. So, I mean, the thing, and the one that gets used, the, the people that make the current argument about that is uh, their counter is look at what John Cena and Randy Orton did years ago when they had a lot of matches. I think it was around 08 and 09, something like that. They had a whole lot of matches that they took on each other and they were all good matches. At least I thought they were. Um, but you just didn't hear the same chatter, if you will, about you know, Randy Orton and John Cena, you know, taking on each other, quote unquote, too much. You know what I mean? So I, like I said, to each, to each your own, if you, if you're not one of these people that likes extended rivalries, if you're not, if you don't like that people take on each other multiple times and all that stuff, you know, Hey, that's on, that's, that's up to you. It's your opinion. Um, I necessarily don't mind it. If it's a, if it's a good rivalry, if there's a good story behind it, I don't mind it. Now, if you're just throwing them together and there's really no rhyme or reason, which I don't think this is the case with Roman and Brock, I think you do have a pretty good story here for what it's become, um, then then obviously there would be a little bit more of a, of a uh, negative feeling towards me uh, or as far as I'm concerned. Like I would be like, oh, they're just taking on each other because they really have nobody better off to take on. And I understand a lot of people are going to argue with me that about that too is that well, if you didn't have Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns in the main event, who would you have in the main event right now? You know, and believe it or not, I think that is a tough pill to swallow. It's a it's a tough call of who you would have in that main event right now um, that would actually be. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't superstars that, you know, could do it, but have they been built or booked in, in order to do it up until this point? And my answer would probably be no. Like, you haven't had a superstar really um, booked in that capacity where they could, you know, where they could take on or they could or they could replace one of the uh, participants, whether it be Brock Lesnar or, or, uh, or Roman Reigns. Like, even Drew McIntyre, which I obviously consider Drew McIntyre at, at the top of the, uh, top of the, you know, the cream of the crop. But right now, he's been kind of booked kind of, you know, kind of so-so in the last uh in the last few months and i don't know that i could even put him in the main event right now even though i'm really high on uh drew mcintyre so so that's the kind of force that i'm talking about with that is that you're forced to watch it because you think you've seen it too many times right so the force that i'm really talking about where i think the the matches come in is when you go down this list, you know, and I'll, I'll go down it real quick. You got the SmackDown Women's Championship between Charlotte and Ronda. You got the Raw Women's Championship between Becky and Bianca. You got Edge and AJ Styles. You got the Mysterios taking on Miz and Logan Paul. You got the Women's Tag Team Championships, which is, you know, Queen Zelina and Carmella uh, versus Sasha and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv and Natalia and Shayna. You got Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin, Pat McAfee. And Austin Theory, Sami Zayn, and Johnny Knoxville. You got Usos versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Ricky Rick Boogs, and you got RK Bro versus the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy. Now, 
before I get into that, I know I made a mistake in my last uh, in my last episode. I don't know if anybody remembers it, but remember I was trying to think of the two tag teams. So like I was talking about Gable, uh, Chad Gable, and you know Otis right now, who are actually Alpha Academy, and I for some reason was thinking that they were not called Alpha Academy because I thought that's what Jason Jordan and Chad Gable were called. But I went and looked it up, and you know sometimes my memory gets me a little bit. I am a getting I am getting a little older now. Um, they were obviously American Alpha, so I just want to make sure everybody knows that I just kind of misspoke, and you know I'm just trying to be transparent with you guys. And sometimes I forget stuff, no matter how how much of a big wrestling fan I am. I get you know my memory does crazy things to me sometimes, and I think something is one thing and it's not, you know. So it it. I was close, you know, obviously Alpha was at the, as at the beginning of their name now. It was at the end of their name back then when it was Jason Jordan and Chad Gable. So just want to just want to correct that one little thing that I did last time. So so anyway, back to back to my point. So the force is the reason I say it's force is because if I look at those matches that I just listed other than the Roman and uh Brock uh match, I feel like those storylines have not formed organically, if that's what if if that makes any sense. So it's like you know, I feel like when Ronda came back for the Royal Rumble and she challenged Charlotte, that felt like the most unnatural sort of challenge that you could have because it really, even though they were in the triple threat match together, even though it was Charlotte, Ronda, and Becky a few years ago, it was really the beef she had with Becky because Becky, if you go back and watch that match even to this day, you know, Ronda pretty much has an argument. Was she even pinned in the match? You know what I mean? So... Becky would have felt like the more natural selection, but like I said, WWE is pl- it, it's been said that WWE is planning to have that match next year. So, and they're saying it may not even require a title to have the match, which you know that that's probably true. But it's like some of the some of the the internet wrestling community content creators out there have been saying, like, what are Charlotte and and Ronda even fighting about? What are they fighting about? Like, besides the title. You have to have some kind of other beef there. Now, you know, and, and and I feel like sometimes, like, you can't, I'm finding out more than ever now, is that sometimes if you just have animosity between two people and you don't know where the animosity comes from, other than you just don't like that person for some reason, you don't like, look, I get it why people don't like Charlotte. I get it, you know? But I feel like if two wrestlers don't like each other, there has to be a specific reason why, you know? It's like the same thing with Sonya Deville and Naomi. I thought that could have been a great storyline. But again, I don't know why they were fighting. I don't know why Sonya was mad at Naomi. I don't know why she had beef with Naomi. And like I said, I know I'm not talking about something you know, original here. I know I've heard a lot of people in the internet wrestling community say the same thing. And I agree. Like, I feel like the story has, has to have some kind of backbone to it. Like why I I don't feel like sometimes the title is enough, right? Like, and I, I know I always compare this, like the stone cold, uh, and Vince McMahon rivalry. There was always something besides the title that they were fighting over, Right. McMahon wanted Austin to conform to the corporate way. He wanted him to be a corporate champion. He wanted to mold him into what he wanted him to be. And Stone Cold was the rebel. He didn't want to be what Vince McMahon wanted him to be. And to me, that's a good enough storyline. It's a very simple storyline. It's not complicated. Vince McMahon wanted things run a certain way. Stone Cold didn't want to run it that way. 
very simple, very simple story writing, but it was, but it was genius. Like, I don't want to take away the, I don't want to take away obviously the value of it because it was a great storyline. I mean, people loved it. I mean, look, like I, like I've said in many episodes, look at the ovations when Vince McMahon and Stone Cold are in the same ring, even today. Do you remember the 25th Raw anniversary that happened a couple years ago? I believe it was 2018. Do you remember during that segment when Vince McMahon came up and made that speech and said he did this all by himself and everything, and you heard that glass break, Stone Cold came down to the ring? I mean, that place, I mean, I think that was the biggest ovation we heard for from anybody for for anybody coming out to the ring, both at the Brooklyn Center, wherever they were having the second uh, location of that show, and the other location they were having that show. That was the biggest pop of the night. And the, neither one of them have been in the ring in like 20 years, almost 20 years. Neither one of them have been in the ring. And they're both almost senior citizens right now. Well, obviously Vince is, but Austin's getting there. You know what I mean? So, and they got the biggest pop of the night. And when Stone Cold stunned Shane and Vince, the crowd went absolutely bonkers. And you don't hear the crowd go bonkers like that anymore. That that's actually what disappoints me about WWE now is you don't hear that kind of response for really anybody, anybody on the current roster. And it makes me sad sometimes. Like I don't, I don't want to sit here and pick on the superstars and everything. Cause some of the superstars of today, I really enjoy watching wrestling. I, I think they're incredible athletes, but for some reason what there's something missing and is it is it the character? Is it is it is it because people can't latch onto the character? People can't relate to the character. Um, I, I don't. I I can't pinpoint my finger on it exactly what it is, but there are a few things. You know, it's like it's like okay, you know, like like for instance, I was having this conversation about baby faces, right? So baby faces, you know, today I feel like are different than baby faces back then. So basically. Like okay, Austin, one of the biggest baby faces in the in the industry today to date. They even tried to turn him heel and they couldn't do it. They couldn't turn him heel, right? And look at the stuff he did in the ring. Did he ever come out and cater to the crowd? Did he ever do all that stuff? I mean, yeah, I know he got up on the ropes and he gave everybody the middle finger and all that. Okay, yeah, I mean he 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 came out there and catered to the uh, to the crowd. But did he ever come out there and do a feel good message? Did he ever come out there and be like, oh, I. You know, I, I, you know, eat your vitamins, say your prayers, sort of like the Hulk Hogan thing back in the day. He never did that. But yet he was arguably, maybe, I would actually say this, to be honest with you, I would say he was a bigger face in the industry than Hulk Hogan was when he was, when he was where he was, when he came, when he came to WWE. Now I know Hogan's one of the biggest faces in the industry as well, but he also had a very successful heel run in the NWO. Austin... The reason I'll say he's a bigger baby fist than Hulk is he couldn't make the heel persona work. He couldn't become heel as much as he tried to. He he couldn't become heel. They tried it for a little bit. They tried teaming with Triple H. They tried teaming with Vince McMahon. It just didn't work. Same thing with The Undertaker. But these people were not these 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 baby faces were not quote unquote real good guys. Like they weren't. Did you ever see Undertaker come out and give a speech like John Cena used to give? And I'll be honest with you, I'm a fan of John Cena, but John Cena is the one that kind of started this. You know, he kind of started coming out and you know saying, "I do this for you guys. I do that." Fine. I mean, I, I'm all about appreciating the fan base, but at the same time, it's kind of what has 
change the tide for a wrestling babyface. Like I feel like in order to be a really successful babyface these days, based on what I've seen, what I've observed, is the only thing you have to do is you kind of have to be exciting and you kind of have to you have to kind of go out there and just beat up the bad guys. Beat up the guys that everybody hates, right? What did Austin do? He wasn't really a good guy, but he came out and beat the crap out of freaking Vince McMahon and everybody freaking loved it, right? Everybody loved it. So I know I've gotten off on a tangent, but my point is is I feel like some of these matches are forced because there's no real storyline. It's like you just picked it's like you just put balls in a hat and you just pick the ball out and whichever number you drew, that's who you drew for the pay-per-view. All right. So Charlotte Flair and Rhonda, that's one of them. Okay. Becky Lynch and Bianca. Now I know they have a history, you know, with Bianca losing her match in 26 seconds to Becky back at SummerSlam, but really you should have capitalized on that before now. Now, whether this is a WrestleMania caliber match or, or not. Okay, fine. But you, And I know people are going to argue, well, what, you know, it's long-term booking. Not really, because you had a, you had a draft in there. And when you brought both Becky and, uh, and you brought both Becky and, and, and Bianca to raw, they didn't really interact a whole lot. You know, Bianca went off and did her own thing with Dewdrop and, and Becky was doing things with other superstars, Lita and all that stuff like that. But they really never, they really never, you know, they never really reminded you that they were in a rivalry until, you know, a few weeks from now. And nowadays people are going to forget if you don't do something, you know, week after week after week. And I'm not saying you just got to shove it down their throats and you got to do like every week and you got to make people tired of it. But I mean, there were weeks that went by where Becky and Bianca didn't even freaking, you know, interact in the ring at all, like at all. Right. They do it every once in a while, but by then everybody's like, Oh yeah, that's right. Bianca and Becky do have uh do have beef and everything. And to be honest with you, it got so bad that people probably almost forgot until they were shown videos of it. People almost forgot that Becky did beat Bianca in 26 seconds last year at SummerSlam. I mean, it was a pretty forgettable moment unless you're constantly remembering, reminding people of it. So again, I'm not complaining about the matches and the quality of matches, like the superstars athleticism and able to perform and put on a good match. But are you going to be emotionally charged for the match based on what their characters are fighting over besides just a title, right? Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio versus Miz and Logan Paul. Okay, I understand the guy, but first you got Logan Paul, a a celebrity. I'm not saying I have a problem with Logan Paul. I really don't, I really don't follow Logan Paul a whole lot. So I can't really, really say whether I like him or dislike him, but this match I mean, this match, to be honest with you, feels like it could be on the pre-show and nobody would care. I mean, it really, I mean, it's not really, and, and I, I like Miz. I think Miz does a really good job as a heel. Um, I, I like Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, but I, I, like I said, it's forced. I don't feel like it's really a good captivating story. And, and all you have to do is look at the crowd. I mean, the crowd will tell you it's not a good story, right? Um, AJ Styles and Edge. Now, I think this could be a good match, but I feel like um, they kind of had to force it, even though they've done a real good. Now, I I will say in the last episode, I said I felt like, you know, the Edge heel turn came out of nowhere, which I still believe that. I'm not I'm not going wishy washy on that part. But what they've done since then, since they've turned him heel, I like 
I like his heel character now. I do like that character. I do still feel like it was rushed, but I like what he has turned it into in the last few weeks. And I will say, I will give them credit for this. They have told a relatively decent story in the little time that they've had time to build it. But I still feel like I still feel like it's a little forced. Like I still feel like it just came out of nowhere. Now that's partly because Edge doesn't necessarily wrestle full time anymore. He doesn't and nor does he have to. I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer. He's he's a multiple title winner. I mean, it's not like he really has anything left to prove. But he he's still a part timer. He he doesn't wrestle like every night. And, you know, since he's been doing the promos, which his promos have been great. I mean, thumbs up to him for the promos. But when is when is he really wrestled? And he's, it's not like he shows up on Raw every week. So um, it almost feels like, to be honest with you, it almost feels like a little bit that Edge is almost like an Undertaker th- type thing. He shows, well, right now, he's showing up to WrestleMania, challenging somebody to WrestleMania. They're going to have a WrestleMania match. And then maybe Edge disappears for a little while. I hope that's not the case. I hope Edge doesn't become like an attraction like The Undertaker did. Because, first of all, The Undertaker's The Undertaker. And all due respect to Edge, nobody compares to The Undertaker. The Undertaker is in a class by himself. But as great as Edge is, I really don't hope he becomes that. That's not what I hope he becomes. So, again, I feel like this is a little force. Now, I feel like AJ Styles and Edge is a great matchup. I, I freaking love the matchup. But like I said, I, again, you just came, you just had AJ Styles come out and challenge you, and you get hit him with a concerto, immediately turning him heel, immediately turning yourself heel. And now all of a sudden you're in a full-blown storyline. I mean, it happened in less than, what, uh, 10 minutes? (laughs) I mean, it's forced. It's forced. You didn't organically build it, in my opinion. Okay? Um, Women's Tag Team Championship. I mean, do I really have to get into this? I mean, the Women's Tag Team Championship. They basically had to throw together three tag teams just to take on Zelina and Carmella. Like these tag teams didn't exist. I mean, it's it's almost like they it's almost like the guys did. Okay, well, you know what? We're going to throw Sasha and Naomi together. Uh, you know what? We might as well throw Rhea and Liv together even though they were in tag teams before hands with other people and now we're just going to throw them into another tag team. And then they just threw uh Natalia and Shayna together. <laughs> I mean, I I actually would have liked Shayna and uh, Ronda to become a tag team. I know Ronda's in a main event, but wouldn't that be cool if Ronda and Shayna were a tag team? Or even if Ronda and Shayna decided to fight each other? You could do much better with that, right? I mean, at least there would be a story behind it, I think. So I don't even need to get into the women's tag team division. Uh, That's, I mean, with all due respect to the women, I know they're out there trying their darndest, but it's that's almost become a joke when you have to you have to form three teams just to get a number one contender to take on for the titles when you don't have any organic tag teams. It's not, it's, I don't know. Okay. Drew McIntyre and happy Corbin. Now I guess the story's there from Drew for Drew and and Corbin, but again, that kind of, you know, it's almost like Drew got demoted a little bit, in my opinion. Uh, you know, and and to be honest with you, I, I'm not even blaming that on Corbin because Corbin, I believe, has totally been misused since he's been brought up to the main roster from NXT. You know, I was watching some of the early NXT takeovers the other day on Peacock, and I, I was watching some early Baron Corbin matches when he first came on as the Lone Wolf and made his debut, and I'm like, what happened to this guy? What happened to this guy? This guy was like awesome in NXT. He was awesome. 
And they brought him up to the main roster and destroyed him. I mean, that's what they did. They brought him up to the main roster and destroyed him. Now, like I said, I'm just a fan. I'm not an insider. I'm not sitting here. But as a fan, I feel like if I tell you like what my opinion is of stuff, if I say, well, you know what? I, I loved uh, Baron Corbin when he was in NXT. He got a reaction out of me. I thought, man, this guy's a badass, you know, whatever. I, you know, I, I know I, don't, I normally don't cuss on my, on my uh, podcast, but – it, the the word is fitting for what I'm talking about, and but then you see him come up to the main roster and he doesn't generate anything for you. It's like he was a big whiny whatever when he got up to the NXT uh, when he got up to the main roster. It's like he whined about everything and complained about everything, and it was just two different characters. And I mean, they destroyed him. I mean, they gave him the money in the bank, made him lose it. Uh, you know, like I feel like if you're going to have somebody get the money in the bank and then you're going to have them keep it for so long and they're going to, you know, they're always going to be, you know, out there front and center as the Mr. Money in the bank and then only for them to lose it. I just feel like that's a, that doesn't bode well. I'd rather you give them the money in the bank. They try to cash it in on the same night and then they lose it like that would almost be better to me, to me. That's just to me. But anyway, Drew McIntyre, Happy Corbin. I still feel it's it's it, although it's not as forced as some of the others because that storyline's been going on for a little while. I just feel like it's I don't know it's I, I Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin would probably be the last two people I would think would be involved in a match together. But whatever, maybe they'll surprise me. Maybe they'll have a really great match. I don't know. Um, Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. Now I I'll be honest with you. I think this could be the sleeper match of WrestleMania, and the only reason I say that is because Pat McAfee obviously proved me wrong months ago. When and and like I said, I've always been a fan of Pat McAfee. I haven't really I haven't really ever disliked Pat McAfee, but I definitely didn't see him as a wrestler. Right? I didn't see him as that. So when he took on Adam Cole months ago, you know, a year or so ago, a year or two ago, whatever it was, um. I I didn't have very high expectations for that match, to be quite honest. I didn't know what was going to go on. But then when he was in the ring with him and they had that match, I was just like, you know what? I know Adam Cole. I know Adam Cole is great. You know, Adam Cole is a great wrestler. He's he's a great one, probably one of the greatest. But Pat McAfee impressed me. He impressed me. I, I'm not going to lie. So I almost want to say my expectations have obviously changed. So I'm thinking he and Austin Theory. Not, and Austin Theory is pretty decent, too. I, I've... I'll be honest with you, I've, I've watched Austin Theory, and he seems like he's pretty talented and seems like he's a pretty good uh, fit for the future. Um, but like I said, who knows? This might, be a, this might be a sleeper match for it, so we'll see. But again, it feels a little forced because, number one, like I said in the last, uh, last episode, when they did the whole Vince McMahon-Pat McAfee interview, and then they acted like, you know, obviously – Pat McAfee and, and Vince McMahon were probably acting like they normally do in real life on that show where they have a great deal of respect for each other. They have a great relationship. And then to come out on SmackDown the very next night and Austin Theory comes to the ring and taunts uh, Pat McAfee and says something completely out in left field like, you know, Vince McMahon baited you into a match so you could be up against me and I could tear you from limb. I mean, it, it just didn't make sense. So again, forced. Forced. It didn't make any sense to me. Like... I, unless they're unless they're planning to pull something out in left field, like they're planning Vince McMahon to turn on Austin Theory, like that's the only thing that would actually make sense in this case. Like, like Austin Theory is 
believing up until now that Vince McMahon, you know, he's Vince McMahon's protege only for him to screw over his quote unquote protege at WrestleMania. That's the only way I could think it go in the direction where it would actually make a little bit of sense. So, but like I said, as a, as far as a match is concerned, this could be this, this could be one of the sleeper matches of the, of the weekend. We will, we'll have to see. Um, Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. Now, as far as the story is concerned, because I think Sami Zayn just is great with his character, I think, and and the fact that what he's done with Johnny Knoxville, like, I don't think it's a terrible story. I just don't think Johnny Knoxville was the person that Sami Zayn needed to tell this story with. That's that's if that makes any sense. Like, I think it would have been a good story if it had been between Sami Zayn and another wrestler. Like, I I think it would have been a pretty decent story, but because it's this. You know, and I I don't have a problem with Johnny Knoxville. I mean, I don't, I I haven't really seen a lot of the Jackass movies, really. But I mean, I'm a fan of him as an actor. I mean, he's been in other movies besides Jackass and stuff, and and I I don't have a problem with him. I, I think he's pretty funny, but I I don't know. I just it just I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Um, again, forced SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Now, this one, I, I the reason I think Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs are getting this opportunity, with all due respect to them, is because they've run out of teams for the Usos to take on for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. They've run out of people on SmackDown. They don't have any tag teams. So the Usos have to have somebody to wrestle. So Shinsuke and Rick Boogs, are, they got their number called. <laughs> so, so, again, forced. I mean, I mean, that came out of nowhere. When I saw... When I saw that start to happen where, and I went, oh my gosh, I think they are going to let Shinsuke and Rick Boogs actually start being a regular tag team like they probably should have done months ago when Shinsuke was holding the IC title. And now they're finally making them act like a real tag team. And now they're going to get a tag team championship match at WrestleMania. I'm just like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, like I said, I, I it, it'll probably be a good match because Shinsuke is t- talented. Rick Boogs has proven to be pretty talented. Uh, in his short tenure and the Usos of course are the Usos so I'm sure it'll be a decent match but again it it just feels like it was thrown together it was thrown together Um, and finally the Raw Tag Team Championship RK Bro Street Profits and Alpha Academy and literally I'm going to say the same thing I think these literally are the only three teams on Raw so you got to put them in a triple threat match for the tag team titles Um, (laughs) I mean I'll, I'll wait. Name some other tag teams that are on Raw or SmackDown. There's no. I, I, I mean, I can't name any teams right now. I mean, I really can't. That I'm, I'm. Maybe there's one. Maybe one I'm forgetting about. But I there's not many other teams. So this is the only teams that are left. So um, now I did hear uh, Randy Orton is about to make some kind of history, and I got to see if I remember it correctly. So. They were saying that this is the, I, I'm not sure how many it's been, but he's had a WrestleMania where he's been the WWE champion. He's been the Intercontinental champion. He's been the United States champion. He's been the tag team champion. I think that's what it is. I think he's he's had almost, he's had he's been a champion. Um, almost It's almost like you want to say he's the, been a Grand Slam champion. He's held all the Grand Slam titles at a WrestleMania going into the WrestleMania. So tag team champion, United States champion, IC champion, and WWE champion. 
Uh, so, and I'm, I hope I'm not forgetting anything else. Cause I don't think, I don't think Randy Orton's ever been universal champion. No, he's never been universal champion. So, uh, he's been world champion. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's, uh, I, maybe during the preview show, I'll get, I'll get up to date about what that history actually is, but it's, 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 it's something about where he's entered so many WrestleManias as a, as a different type of champion. Uh, so I'll, I'll get that straight and have that kind of straight during the preview show when I do for WrestleMania Sunday and Saturday or Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and I'm not sure how I'm going to really do it because, um, I want to do, maybe I'll do one preview for Saturday. Maybe I'll do one preview for Sunday. Maybe I'll do both of them together. I don't know. Depends on how long it takes. Uh, but yeah, so again, if you guys disagree with me, you guys can email me. I'll put the email in the, uh, in the notes, uh, on the description of the, of the podcast and you can email me and let me know what you think about this. I, 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 I guess at, at, at some point I'm not really, and I was talking about that. Like I said, I was talking about this at Royal Rumble this past year because Royal Rumble is actually my favorite pay-per-view of the year, as I've said many times. And I wasn't even excited for the Royal Rumble. And I'm barely excited for WrestleMania, not necessarily because of the quality of matches. Like I said, the superstars always impress me with, with, with what, the, what they do with their athleticism in the matches. It's the stories behind the matches that get me emotionally invested in the match. That that's what I'm having an issue with uh, nowadays, as far as you know, uh, as far as wrestling, as far as the the road to WrestleMania. Like I feel like the road to WrestleMania has not been that exciting this year, and it's because of how the you know the road to WrestleMania starts with the Royal Rumble. And if the Royal Rumble didn't even get you you know psyched up because that's the beginning of the road to WrestleMania then how do you expect to be <laughs> excited for WrestleMania? Now I've also been told, I also heard the rumor that they were going to add a few matches to the, to the, uh, to the card, but it looks like they've been stuck on like 11 for the past few weeks. So unless some, some, some are going to get added next week on raw and SmackDown, um, this might be your card. Uh, now the only other one I'm forgetting about that I didn't write down as an actual match is obviously the stone cold Kevin Owens, uh, with the KO show. Um, we really have no idea what this is going to turn into. I've heard rumors, obviously, that Stone Cold has gotten himself into incredible shape. So it's it's obviously going to be more than one of these things where uh, Stone Cold goes you know goes down to the ring and just stuns KO and that be the end of it. It's probably going to be a longer segment than that. Do I think it's going to be an actual match? Probably not. Uh, but the, obviously, there's going to be some kind of physicality if if Stone Cold has been uh, has been hitting the gym or whatever. So. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, it'd be nice to see Stone Cold at WrestleMania. Um, like I said, I kind of probably agree with some of the, uh, some of the probably more seasoned, uh, wrestling community, which is people that have, you know, been around for a while. I, I, as much as I love Stone Cold and I was a huge Stone Cold fan, uh, growing up, um, the guy's 57 years old. He doesn't need to be wrestling anymore, nor does he have anything to prove to anybody. He's there for entertainment value only, you know, it's probably good. It's probably something that's going to get everybody hyped up. You know, I, I can't, I, you know, anytime I hear that glass break and that music come down, I still get, I still get goosebumps when he comes down to the ring. And like I said, he hasn't, he hasn't wrestled a match since 2003. So, you know, so that it'll be a good, like, it'll be good. Um, it'll be good excitement as far as that's concerned. But, I don't know. I mean, I, I like Kevin Owens. I think he can make stuff pretty entertaining, and we'll see how that goes. Now, the one rumored match, obviously, that everybody's talking about is 
Seth Rollins and who his potential opponent will be, which right now everybody's leaning towards Cody Rhodes because the talk has been that Cody Rhodes has left AEW and he's coming back to WWE. Now, I think it's been confirmed that he has signed with WWE, but now what they're wondering is, you know, are they going to, are they going to sort of, uh, clear it up whether he's going to return the raw after WrestleMania or actually he's going to wrestle at WrestleMania against Seth Rollins. So I don't know. And, and the other one that they're talking about too is Omos, you know, Omos is supposed to have a match at WrestleMania. And at first they were saying that Bobby Lashley was coming back from his injury prior to elimination chamber, but now they're not sure he's going to be cleared in time. Uh, and I believe, um, and I'll talk about this guy in a minute. Cause I'm gonna talk about this guy before I get off here. Uh, there was a wrestling creator who um, who I was watching his uh, YouTube channel. He said that, you know, finally they've announced when Veer Mahan is going to uh, debut on Raw, and that's going to be the night after WrestleMania. Um, you know, because, of course, this guy's vi- vignettes have been running since, what, last October or November, and they, he's still yet to de- debut. And I heard he's been wrestling over at Main Event. Uh, obviously, I haven't watched Main Event in a long time. But... Um, but he thought it was it would be a cool idea to, you know, to really get Vahir, uh, Veer, I'm sorry, Vahir, Veer a good, um, a good push by Omos. You know, you know, obviously he's been bragging for weeks that he's better than everybody and that he can beat anybody, and then have Veer come down and just dominate him in WrestleMania, and that make that will make Veer's uh, uh, push start really strong. So, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So. We'll see. So that's just some little rumors that have been circulating around. Um, the other thing that everybody's surprised at that I'm pretty surprised at too, you don't have an intercontinental title or a um, United States championship match on the card yet. Um, Damian Priest and Finn Balor, who are feuding right now, would be an excellent WrestleMania match. Like I think that would be an excellent match to add to the card. Uh, as of right now, it has not been added, so I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. Um, I think they said the last time the United States Championship and the Intercontinental Championship had been defended on a pay-per-view was last year at WrestleMania and I think it was either WrestleMania and WrestleMania Backlash or Extreme Rules. So Extreme Rules of last year, I can't remember which one was which, but one was one was last defended on Extreme Rules and the other one was last defended on either last year's WrestleMania or WrestleMania Backlash from last year. So... That's that's a long time. And to be honest with you, it's not much better like as far as being defended at all. Like, you know, I know Ricochet is the new Intercontinental Champion. He could have a good match with somebody. You know, uh, put him on the card with somebody. You know, at least get a match on there. Because, I mean, if you want to raise the value of some of these, you know, back uh, backbone titles, you know, these workers' titles like the IC title and the U.S. title – you got to get them out there for people to see them. You got to get matches for them, right? And I understand right now it'd be the last. Well, like I said, Damian Priest and Finn Balor kind of have a story going on, so you could probably get away with that. But right now, Ricochet doesn't really have a story with anybody other than the Los Lotharios, the 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 uh, Umberto and Angel, who just beat him, who just both of them beat him in a singles match on Friday. Put them in a triple threat match. That's fine. And actually they're the other team on SmackDown that should have been in the SmackDown tag team title match. Um, but again, they're being pushed for intercontinental title contention. I, I, it's weird. It's weird. But like I said, that would be a pretty good match too. So I would love to see those two matches added to the card. We'll see. Um, and also 
you know, with that, with you know, obviously uh, Big E having his uh, having his tragic injury, which it looks like he's doing better, obviously, which is great news. Um, but and it looks like I think they said Xavier Woods returned last night as well. So you know, we we'll, might see Sheamus and and uh, and uh, oh crap, what are his two guys that are on the Ridge Holland and uh, I still call him Pete Dunn, but his name is Butch now. Oh boy, um, yeah. So, so a little combination of that. Maybe New Day, uh, which I guess they don't even call him the New Day anymore, which is weird. Um, but Xavier and Kofi could probably take on uh, like those people. Um, and I don't know if there's been any other. They said the Andre the Giant Battle Royal is going to be next Friday on SmackDown. Um, I don't know if the women are going to have a Battle Royal this year. I, I don't think there's enough women on the roster personally to have one, so I don't know how they would unless they brought back all the legends again or people from the past. So who knows? Um, so I, I think that's all I'm thinking about now as far as like rumored matches that I've heard about. So we'll see what happens there. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, they're going to have to be added pretty quick unless they're going to be impromptu matches at WrestleMania. Like they're going to be made during WrestleMania or something. Um, which is why, which is why the reason I'd love to see, uh, I saw somebody talking about this the other day. This is why I'd love to see like Sunday night heat come back, you know, instead of calling it the WrestleMania pre-show or something so generic like that, why don't you bring back Sunday night heat and you don't have to run Sunday night heat every week. Just run Sunday night heat on the nights that you have pay-per-views or premium live events or whatever they call them now. Um, bring back Sunday night heat. I think that's a perfect pre uh, pre show name, Sunday Night Heat. I think that's fine. Or if you just want to call it Heat, I don't care. I like Sunday Night Heat better. I don't like that they changed it to Heat once it went over to MTV. But anyway, um, you know that's just my opinion. So just something uh, random that I'm thinking about. So um, so anyway, let me talk about this real quick. So now I don't need. I, I'm sure this guy, like I said, I'm right now in the podcast world. I'm barely, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much a nobody in the podcast world. Let's, let's, let's be honest. I mean, as much as I enjoy doing this, I, I don't do it enough and I don't get seen enough. So I'm not, and I, and, and that's not me complaining. That's me. Just, I know, I know I don't do this enough to end up popular or end up a f- famous household name in the internet, internet wrestling community. And I'm okay with that right now. I'm okay with that. Cause right now I don't, I don't feel I know this is going to sound weird, but I don't feel worthy of that right now because I'm, I'm a poor podcaster as I've seen. I, I mean, I literally have a microphone, a laptop and some kind of, you know, program to record all my shows on. And that's literally all I have. That's, I mean, that's literally all I have to do a podcast. So will that ever change? Will it get better? I don't know. I'm not really in a position to change it right now, which is a whole other story. But anyway, so Obviously, because I only do this kind of part-time, obviously not by my choice right at the moment, but like I said, I'm working on ways to change that. Um, you know, I, obviously I've been watching other wrestling community uh, content creators on the various social networks and stuff like that. So, and, I, and I'm going to talk about this guy, and like I said, this guy probably doesn't need any you know, he doesn't need any props from me. He probably doesn't need any publicity from me. I'm maybe I'm sure he'll appreciate it. I've actually texted him a few times on his shows and stuff. And, and, uh, I'm going to tell a quick story because this is kind of really, this is kind of really kind of funny how this all happened. Okay. 
So if you guys haven't figured out who I'm kind of talking about, I'm talking about JD from New York, right? JD from New York. Uh, he's got a, for those of y'all don't know, he's got a famous YouTube channel. Um, he's, uh, he's grown leaps and bounds. I got to give him, I got to give him some props. He's, uh, I, I know he doesn't need them from me, but he, he, um, so the way this started is it was during the pandemic. Um, like I guess a couple of years ago, 2020, man, it's, it's, where's the time go? Right. Um, I sat down to watch YouTube after, um, after watching, I guess, Raw or SmackDown. I can't remember which show it was. And actually, to be honest with you, at the time I was watching, I'll give another plug to a couple other people. I was watching, um, I was watching a lot of the Wrestling Inc. Uh, guys. I was watching their podcasts after, and I still watch them from time to time. But, um, but I was mainly watching them at that time. And I happened to be browsing through YouTube, and I saw uh, this guy, JD, from New York, right? So I, I turned on one of his episodes, and I'll never forget who he was talking about when I tur- turned on the episode. He was talking about Charlotte Flair, right? And for those of y'all listening, he's, from what I've gathered, and I'm sure what most of y'all gather if you uh, l- look at his channel, he's not very high on Charlotte Flair a whole lot, right? So so the first thing I hear is, uh, and everybody, if you guys know who I'm talking about, you guys are fans of uh, JD from New York, you know he has a very... Uh, he has a very uh, strong personality, right? And and that's not me being, you know, condescending or anything. He just has a strong personality. He's kind of like the opposite of me, I would say. I he's like very, um, uh, he's like in your face, you know, stuff like that. Like I'm cool and calm, and I don't really get uh, riled up a whole lot or anything like that. Like he's kind of almost like night and day to me, I guess. I get which is not a problem. I mean, hey, if, if that's if that's who you are, that's who you are. I you know you don't have to apologize to anybody. I mean, if you are who you are, no pilot, no apologies needed. So I turn it on and I hear him talking and I'll be honest with you. My first opinion was when he started talking, I immediately shut it off and I said, Oh my gosh, this is another loudmouth guy on the internet complaining about wrestling and talking about stuff. Right. And I'll be honest with you. I shut it off and I didn't listen to him. Right. So a few months go by and I and I'm always this this type of person. I've always been this type of person. I'm like, you know what? I'm normally not a person that goes off necessarily first impressions, right? Because sometimes I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm first one to admit it. Sometimes a lot of my first impressions are wrong. They're wrong about people, right? They are wrong. Um. So I guess a few months later, I decided to uh, quote unquote. You know, and you know, it's funny because, you know, I'm just, I'm just a guy out here that just talks in the microphone and stuff like that. He's, he's a guy that's got the, he's, he's the big time, right? Um, I decided to give quote unquote JD another chance, right? So I turn it on and this time I said, okay, I'm not going to just, you know, I'm not going to just turn on his show and listen to him, you know, do whatever and not l- actually listen to what he's saying. So I tuned into one of his whole shows. I listened to the whole show. In fact, I thought I, I think I caught one of his live streams and I just watched his live stream. And I'll be honest with you, I still had the same opinion as far as his personality is concerned. He's a very in your face. He's very passionate and everything. But I will say that's the same thing that makes me respect him, right? He um one thing I do, I I, I you know, whether I agree with some of his opinions or not. I will say the one thing I do respect about JD and the one thing I do like about JD is, and this goes for anybody who, whether you like him or you dislike him, I admire him because he cares about what he does. 
he absolutely cares about what he does. I mean, look at the presentation. He like when I caught like when I caught his early show, he was you could see what was behind him. He was like I think he was in a room like it looked like a home office or something, probably similar to what I'm talking in right now. Uh, that's of course why I'm not on video, <laughs> but, um, he, uh, he was just like in a home office or something like that talking. And then I turn it on several months later and he's got that thing that he calls the, what is it? The, uh, the, the venue or whatever. I, I can't remember exactly what he calls it, but he calls it the venue. I think is what he calls it. Right. Uh, the, Oh, oh off the script venue. That's what it's called. Cause his, his podcast is called off the script. So, um, and I'll be honest with you, I listened to this guy's whole thing. And I'll be honest with you, my, my impression changed. Like, I think, first of all, I think he's entertaining. Like, um, I guess what I thought, I'll be completely honest, what I thought in the beginning when I first listened to him, I th- thought his personality was obnoxious, right? That's what I thought at first. But then when I went back and listened to him, I was like, well, you know what? When I listened to what he's saying and everything, it's not that he's obnoxious. He's, he's just passionate. He's passionate, right? And I, and I'll be honest with you. Do I agree with everything he says? No, but do I agree with a lot of things he does say? Yeah, because what he does say is he makes he makes a lot of sense. I'm not gonna lie. Now I've also heard you know he's he's kind of an insider on the wrestling. I don't know if he's an insider for WWE. I don't know if he's an insider for AEW. I know he does his thing. Called, I think it's called House of Glory. I think he's an announcer or a play by play. I don't know if he's a play by play or analysis guy, but I know he does. I think it's called House of Glory shows or something. So he's, he's I guess involved some somehow at least in the independent scene. But I, you know, I've never I've never watched House of Glory probably because I kn- I didn't even know what it was until he mentioned it. So, um, you know, but I will say, you know, my impression totally changed, and I'll give him credit. He he totally changed my impression of him when I checked him out when I gave it kind of a break so I could give myself a clear head before I went and watched him again. And I'll be honest with you. I, I enjoy watching his show. Um, he gives me a lot of insight, you know, like I, and I feel like he, uh, like I said, he's still completely, I guess the opposite of me, not that he needs to be compared to me or I need to be compared to him. It's not really, I mean, if we, if we compared the way we do podcasts, I mean, I, I, you know, maybe I sound like I'm putting myself down, but I'm just looking at the reality of the situation. Um, you know, I, I don't even hold a torch to him. He, he's, but he's also been doing this a lot longer than I have. I've, I went back and looked at his channel. He's been doing this for, uh, many years. I, I can't remember exactly. I, I found his very first video and he's come a long way. I gotta be honest with you. He's come a long way. Like I, he, what he's built now, he's obviously spent years building. So uh, my my hats off to him. He's 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 done a lot over the last few years to build his brand and whatever. And I my hats off to him. I have I have a lot of respect for him. Um, so uh, you know, I a lot of people I know say he's you know he's a he's an AEW enthusiast and everything. I mean, I can't really speak on that because like I said, I don't watch AEW. It's not that I, it's not that I don't like AEW. I just haven't, you know, had time to invest to get into the AEW product. Um, I'll be completely honest. I've only watched one episode of dynamite and I've only watched one episode of rampage. The episode of rampage, you can probably guess the one I watched was when CM Punk came back and the episode of dynamite I watched was, I think it was when, um, I don't remember, I th- but it was in December or January. I think I watched it. I watched a whole episode of Dynamite. Uh, I think it was after they debuted on TBS. So after they after they left um, TNT and went to TBS, I think that's when I watched Dynamite. Um, and from what I from what I saw, 
good show, good good promotion. AEW seems very seems very good at what they do. But like I said, I still don't have enough of a sampling size to talk good or bad about AEW. Now, d- did I like what I saw? Sure, I liked what I saw. I mean, I can't really complain about what I saw. Um, but that I don't really have enough sampling size to go into the whole AEW WWE thing, which I guess has become popular over the last couple of years. So I can only be what I know and and basically what I know is WWE, whether that's a lot or a little, but um, WWE is what I've been watching for the last 20 years. Maybe I'll start watching more AEW. We'll see. I'm not sure. But I kind of wanted to just talk to, talk about JD because um, JD has kind of had a little bit of an impact. I mean, he, he's had an impact on my uh, – on my opinions of wrestling. Uh, he, if anything, even if I don't agree with his opinions, he still gives me valuable insight. Like he makes me think about things that I don't think about sometimes. Right. Um, you know, and I don't know, like I said, his shows are entertaining. Um, you know, I, I don't know really else what I can say. Uh, the point of, I guess my story was, is that I was too quick to judge, which is, which is not how I usually am. I usually uh, try to try to get to know the person as well as I can get to know them before I really form an opinion about them. And I went against about who I was, and I I've made an opinion about this guy uh, before I probably should have. So, um, so yeah, I've I like I said, I watch his show a lot, and I I give him props for what he's done. He's uh, if 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 I don't respect him for anything, I I will respect him for his production of everything. He, he has worked hard. He, he, he knows how to put on a show. He's, uh, he's done pretty good. I mean, I love the intro. I love his soundtrack music. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. So he's done, seems like he's, he's worked hard to get what he has. So, um, but it it also is an added bonus. Like I said, a lot of things, it's, it's kind of surprising as different as, as different as I feel, like I said, just my opinion, as different as I feel our, our personalities are, he, um, he and I agree on a lot of things, uh, which is, which I thought at first it kind of surprised me, but now it kind of doesn't surprise me because the whole entire time I'm watching Raw and SmackDown before I go and view his shows, whatever nights he decides to, you know, do, uh, the post show. Um, when I get on there and I start thinking, he starts talking and it's almost like, it's almost like he's reading my mind almost a little bit. Not, not, not a hundred percent, but you know, close, close. So Anyway, I just want to give a shout out on that and, you know, not that he needs a shout out from me, but I, I mean, I don't know if he even listens to my podcast at all. Probably, probably not. He's probably a pretty busy guy. So, um, but like I said, he's very, I also see that he's very accommodating to his fans. Uh, you know, he seems like, um, you know, he has a pretty good, pretty good, uh, pretty good little, uh, program going on there. So, um, anyway, um, but yeah, I just wanted to, just wanted to put that out there a little bit. So Anyway, um, I guess, I guess, like I said, I'm just trying to decide at this point, you know, how I want to do my preview show. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to decide whether I want to, uh, break down WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday into two separate shows or just put them all into one show or maybe do a double recording and release them as two shows. I'm not sure. But like I said, right now it's looking like there's going to be five matches on each day. And, uh, uh, plus the stone cold, uh, stone cold KO thing. And maybe, maybe if some of those rumored matches get added, maybe I might do it into two shows, but right now it, it seems like it's only going to warrant one show. Cause really all, it, all in that preview show, I'm just going to give my, uh, I'm pretty much just going to give my predictions 
is what I'm going to do. So, um, but anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope, hope you enjoyed, uh, I know I was kind of all over the place. Like I said, I've been just kind of experimenting how I'm doing episodes and, um, and kind of just kind of talking how I feel and everything. Maybe at some point when I get a little bit better, you know, maybe my situation changes a little bit better, make gets a little bit better. Maybe I'll change up a little bit what I'm doing, but Hey, if you guys have some opinions about what I'm doing, how I'm running the show, any opinions you have, whether you like my WrestleMania opinions, my opinions about WWE in general. Uh, you know, if you guys want to talk to me about how I talked about JD tonight, JD from New York today, uh, let me know. Uh, like I said, you can find the email address in the, um, in the notes, uh, wherever you might get my podcast from or whatever, wherever you get the episodes from and just, yeah, shoot me a line. I, uh, I welcome messages, uh, wholeheartedly. So, um, uh, and you know, having said that, uh, until next time when I do the preview show, I will talk to you guys later. So, uh, take care. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, tag in and leave me a review or share the show with someone who you think would love it. I'll see you at ringside for the next episode.